This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joining you as a, an audience because I'm on my own once again, I'm solo, flying solo, um, it's always great to have a contributor 
next to me here in the studio, but today that's not possible, so it's all about your contribution. There's plenty, as always, to talk about when it comes to the world of Celtic, and already we've got some messages coming through, but let's have a look through um, a few of the the topics, the talking points. We're uh, again on Thursday night, we're up against Sarajevo. I remember last year we played them in a Champions League qualifier. We won't be playing at the same stadium. The game has been moved to a stadium about 40 minutes away, uh, um, but obviously um, any of these margins that's going to assist us will be important on Thursday night. It's a massive game. It's a one-off. It's the playoff for the Europa League group stages. So let's have a wee look at that. What is your preferred 11 after the exertions of last week and probably the best performance of the season against Hibs? Um, the club who are threatening to become the second force in Scotland. I keep saying that. People are questioning that. Well, they're not the second. Um, if they're not the first, then what, where are they? They're going for the second, just as Rangers are trying to top all the first. So... Hibs are looking to be the second force in Scotland and, uh, I mean, we overcame them. It was uh, the best performance of the season. I think Celtic could have scored more than three. We'll talk a wee bit about that as well. Uh, Lee Griffiths and Tom Roderick are on their way back. Both of them were on the bench against Hibs. So let's have a wee chat about them uh, because obviously there's no empty jerseys at Celtic this season. There can't be. We can't afford there to be. There's been loads of speculation flying about around uh, odds on Edward. But again, um, Neil Lennon's come out to say that uh, a lot of this information is uh, ill-informed or ill-advised. Um, Alfie Dotti, is he the man that we're going to sign as backup for left-back, even though Greg Taylor probably had his best game of the season there against Hibs? We definitely need backup on the left-hand side. Jeremy Frimpong is back to his very best, his electrifying best. Let's have a wee chat about him. Ryan Christie, there were stories surfacing about an interest from Burnley. Again, Neil Lennon uh, didn't entertain them when he was talking. Uh, Albiana Jetty, unfortunately, injured himself scoring again for Celtic at the weekend, but he'll be out of Thursday's game. He might even be out of the Rangers clash. And uh, another left-back in Casper Hoyer is uh, being mentioned in relation to a £1.5 million move from Aarhus. He's a Danish internationalist. Scott Brown, he's been getting written off for weeks and weeks uh, by the media and by some Celtic outlets as well. And I think he proved at the weekend exactly how important he is at Celtic. And another wee look at uh, Jozo Simunovic. Obviously, people were saying they were surprised when he was let go, but it looks as though his injuries are still preventing him from progressing in his career any further. So there's plenty to talk about and anything else you want to bring up as well and we'll chat about that that's what a Celtic State of Minds bulletin is all about getting you guys involved so follow us Celtic uh, via Twitter good afternoon to you you've been getting involved with our broadcasts over the last wee while and it's always good to see you getting involved what do you think will be our lineup on Thursday night let me know uh, there's some players hitting form just at the right time and it'll be interesting to see how we line up Albiana Yeti and James Forrest of course will be out uh, for Thursday night's game Gary Doonan Always a pleasure to see you coming in on Facebook and uh, probably saw the worst piece of journalism yet yesterday coming from Keevans. This went beyond trying to drum up punters to read and listen to his drivel. Well, it's an interesting one, Hugh Keevans, isn't it? Because he's actually been on a Celtic state of mind. Uh, why did I bring him on to the podcast? Well, 
try to think back when that was now, probably a couple of years ago, I had interviewed uh, a friend of Hugh Keevans, Hugh MacDonald, who is a journalist who I rate and regard really highly. I think anyone who's read any of Hugh's um, articles would agree with me. He's a great writer. He's an excellent journalist. He's balanced. Um, he writes in a fair kind of fashion. And um, so it was great to get uh, Hugh involved in the podcast a wee while back. But when I was talking to Hugh, he suggested that perhaps I speak to his pal, uh, Hugh Kevins. And I thought, why not? He's a controversial figure. And uh, I did speak to him. I mean, Hugh Kevins. Uh, was friendly with Tommy Burns. He wrote Tommy's book, Tommy Twist, Tommy Turns, is it Twists and Turns, isn't it? He wrote his book back in the 1980s and he spoke fondly, um, in actual fact, about Tommy Burns, the late, great Tommy. But then I'm thinking back to some of the other things that's happened. I remember him being banned from the Celtic Supporters Club on London Road. Uh, I remember the picture of him outside there after he was banned. Um, I remember uh, also his comments around um, Lubomir Miravchik, uh, the unknown player coming in and um, Hugh Keevans talking about the fact that we couldn't get enough money together to bring in John Spencer and I think those comments came back to haunt him. How did I find Hugh when I met him? I went through to meet him actually in uh, Clyde Studios to interview him and he came across, uh, particularly off tape, as someone who was a Celtic fan, believe it or not, Gary. And I know that's difficult sometimes when you read some of the the um, the journalism that uh, he partakes in these days. But he he did speak about um, a fondness that he had for Celtic growing up. The fact that there was a picture of Charlie Tully on the living room wall um, of his family living room. So on the basis of my meeting with Hugh, uh, he came across as someone who had this affection and fondness for Celtic. And it makes it even more difficult, doesn't it, when people, um, you know, it's not about criticising Celtic because there are occasions where you've got to criticise the club and we criticise them. We criticise them on this podcast. You guys and girls do it as well. And it's with merit, it's fine. But obviously there's a lot of articles that come out from so-called Celtic people um, and you know, you, you just wonder what the motivation is. So what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I remember putting out that podcast. I got a lot of flack for it. Uh, why are you giving him kind of airtime, etc.? Well, he didn't need airtime from me because he gets enough of that himself. But I did want to speak to him in relation to uh, the journalism that he did around the takeover. It was during a, a period when I'd done a, a series of takeover podcasts. I spoke to a lot of people who were involved in various different ways and Hugh was one of the journalists around about that time who was covering the, the story in depth and I wanted to speak to him about that. But what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on um, some of the stories that are coming out? The other one that I mentioned yesterday was uh, the one that Peter Martin came away with regarding the unrest again, you know, in the Celtic camp and that came out just before the Hibs game. So the timing wasn't great. Um, Peter Martin, Again, I've met Peter and he was kind enough to allow me to visit his studio a wee while back when we were kind of thinking about setting up the State of Mind studios and went in, seen the setup in there, spoke to, to Peter. He was very, very helpful actually that day. I believe him to be a Celtic fan. I know that he does a lot of the um, the Celtic uh, live events, doesn't he, for the club as well. So uh, I don't dispute that in any way, shape or form. But I think there was... Uh, there was a bit of mischief in, in the suggestion that, 
you know, uh, Ayer and Julian were unhappy. Um, he named that, that, you know, three players were unhappy at Celtic. Edward being another one. Uh, you know, it, it kind of harked back to that time that Chris Boyd claimed that there was a rift in the dressing room. Um, he refused to give anybody a source. It turned out that there was no rift whatsoever. So I just think people have got to be careful because, you know, the narrative in the Scottish media often is um, of, you know, bigging up a certain club and a certain club's assets to try and sell them off. And then whenever Celtic got an important game, you know, trying to sell off our players and create disruption in the camp. And I think it needs to be challenged, Gary. Certainly, I do think it needs to be challenged. Um, there's nothing wrong, as I say, with balanced criticism. But we need to challenge when, you know, um, these stories are being thrown in there just to create some kind of unrest. And the avenue in which they're uh, doing it, you know, on social media with links to stories, etc., it creates creates a bit of a frenzy, doesn't it, uh, on social media. And hopefully we can give you a platform to come on and speak about it um, and criticise it as well, because I think we need to do that. I've seen a lot of talk around whether or not certain publications should be banned from Celtic Park and certain journalists should be banned from Celtic Park. And again, that's a difficult one. There's certain publications I wouldn't have anywhere near Celtic Park, um, the Sun, for example, and for a great number of reasons, um, as well as the treatment of striking minors, of which my father was one, um, the treatment of the uh, the Hillsborough disaster and um, the victims of the Hillsborough disaster as well, being obvious ones. There's been so many others as well that you just wouldn't give them any kind of airtime. Um, and there's other publications that, uh, you know, I'm not happy about, but journalistically, there are people that write um, and do a good job, largely, who, you know, are allowed into Celtic Park and they're given uh, press access and they go away and often they create uh, pieces that are beyond critical of the club. You know, they're mischief making uh, a lot of the time. And there's been occasions as well within press conferences when given the opportunity, some people have asked inappropriate questions at inappropriate times uh, of people like Peter Lowell. I remember them throwing in a grenade about the child sex inquiry that obviously um, the sex abuse inquiry, which there's no way Peter Lowell could answer questions on that. And it was disrespectful. And it's one of the things where it's a, a case that's ongoing that uh, Peter Lowell couldn't possibly comment on. Uh, during a press conference where uh, the the actual um, subject at hand was football. So, yeah, it's something that needs to be managed. You know, a Celtic state of mind, I've never had access uh, to Celtic Park. We've never had press access in any way, shape or form um, at Celtic. It's something that we did seek back in the day. We did try and um, engage with the club in that respect because we felt that we would be able to use that, not to sell it to Celtic fans, but to, to use it as part of a bulletin that we're using now. I mean, we could show press conference footage um, after the embargo and we could comment on it and we could ask you for your comments and I think that would work well, but we don't have access uh, despite numerous requests. Whereas some people get access and I think they abuse it and I'm not talking about Celtic outlets, I'm going back to Gary's point. So yeah, that's, that's something that, is up for discussion, so please let me know your thoughts. I have asked what the uh, the lineup's going to be on Thursday night. It's a game I'm really looking forward to. Um, is it going to be a nervy night? Certainly last week was, wasn't it? Um, just because 
And the way these tournaments are set up, it seems that we get to know some clubs. We play them uh, more regularly than we have throughout our, our history. And um, Sarajevo, we played them last year. So we know a bit about them. And it'll be interesting to see how we line up. So Joe Porter is going with Barkas and goals. Automatic choice now, isn't he, Joe? Um, very impressed with the way that he's playing almost like a sweeper at times at the back. Very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's comfortable in just, um, you know, distributing that around either with his feet or throwing it left and right. I do like the style of, of Barkas. I like how he's developing. Um, it's interesting, again, to go back to the, the press question that we opened with, uh, thanks to Gary. Um, you know, the stick he was getting just a few weeks ago, Barkas, but uh, I think the Celtic fans are seeing the true worth of that guy now. And I mentioned earlier, uh, yesterday actually, uh, during the match day, that he would be the type of player that Brendan Rodgers, the departed Brendan Rodgers, would have liked as a goalkeeper, you know, someone who's comfortable with the ball at his feet. A very much a modern trait in goalkeepers these days. So, Barkas is a first pick, absolutely. Julien, that's an interesting one because obviously he's been missing uh, due to the back injury. Joe, can anyone tell me, is he going to be fit? Is Neil Lennon giving us an update on that? Uh, Duffy, I was going to say King, but it's King Beaton. And Beaton was uh, brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant against Hibs, wasn't he? He was brilliant during the week again, um, you know, in Europe against Riga. He's one of the players that Neil Lennon rates highly. He, he goes back to him all the time. He's never been a first pick under Lennon, but you know that he's a, a Lennon-type player. He's someone that Lennon trusts, and he is repaying that trust, isn't he? Two brilliant performances against Riga and uh, against Hibs. Taylor, was that his best performance in a Celtic jersey at the weekend, um, proving a few doubters wrong? There's still areas of his game uh, where he puts his foot in the ball, turns back, plays it sideways, all that kind of stuff. But again, I think that he had a, a very good game. A very good game against Hibs, possibly his best game in the hoops. Frimpong, that boy is dynamite at the moment, isn't he? And I think that uh, if we can continue to get a tune out of him like that, then the levels that boy can go to um, are absolutely incredible I mean when he's on fire like that he just puts the fear of life into the full backs he plays on instinct he's past his man before he even thinks about it I've heard a lot of people and uh, one of the pundits yesterday Kevin Graham a guy who has been involved with a Celtic state of mind from day one and someone who uh, whose points I respect was talking about Frimpong's final ball. He did say he was he was nitpicking because Frimpong's in great form. But again, that's something that he, he can continue on. Uh, I think the point I made was that uh, against Riga, he played three brilliant final balls, didn't he, in the last 10 minutes. And the final one ended up with a goal from El Yunusi. Um So, Joe, you're going for Brown and McGregor. The, the Brown and McGregor partnership is something I can't see past it. I've seen a lot of people talking about Brown being rested and then he performs like he did against Hibs. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a linchpin again uh, in the midfield, isn't he? So Brown and, and uh, McGregor, Christy, El Yunusi and Eduard. So you're looking again, El Yunusi classed as the second striker, I guess, off the, the shoulder of uh, Eduard, but playing almost between Christy and Eduard in that position. Have we found... El Yunusi's best position. I think, uh, you know, Lawrence Conley, another one of our pundits, was calling for uh, El Yunusi to play there. I think that was probably after he'd, he'd seen him playing for Norway. 
he was calling for him to play behind the striker and he definitely looks comfortable there, doesn't he? With Christie, Christie's in and out of the news quite a bit. Uh, there was a reported bit of interest from Burnley uh, for Ryan Christie, but I, I think Neil Lennon was of the opinion that that wasn't something that was in the pipeline. He was spinning some plates, but I think that was more to do with transfer targets rather than uh, players leaving the club. So that was an interesting bit. I think the the kind of furore, not even after a defeat, because we haven't had a defeat for a month, the last one and the only one being this season against Ferenc Varos, but the furore that follows any performance that isn't a top-notch performance um, in the press is, is quite unheralded, really. You know, before you know it, half our team are getting sold. And um, This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more it's doom and gloom but I think that must be frustrating for Neil Lennon so he was putting a few people straight I think the other day when he was talking to the press Follower Celtic, Brown proved any doubters yesterday. I'd go for the same team, but Clamalla for a Yeti and Turnbull for Christie. Now, there's an interesting point because I think Turnbull came on and was really impressive, wasn't he, against Hibs? Um, did he do well enough yet uh, to displace Christie? I still think Christie's an important part of this starting lineup. I really do. Um, I, I would... I would say that Turnbull's better on the corner kicks for sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't rate the, the corners a lot of the time from Ryan Christie. Um, and I know, I, you know, I'm not being overly critical of him because I do think he's an important part and he's a first pick for me, Ryan Christie. Um, I think that uh, sometimes he's the guy you're looking at just to pull something out of the bag, even if it's a 25 yarder. Tried a few times yesterday, sometimes when there was something better on, maybe a better option on. Uh, and then that led some fans to think he was being greedy and it was all about Ryan. But, you know, sometimes you need a player to do that, especially if it's tight. And it might be tight on Thursday night. I think the, the fact that we were so open was, but a lot of that was down to the way Hibs actually performed as well as Celtic. I'm not taking any credit away from Neil Lennon. But at least Hibs came out and played, didn't they? They didn't park the bus. They didn't have 10 and 11 men behind the ball. Um, so credit to Jack Ross. Jack Ross is somebody, you know, I think on Twitter quite a few times I've, I've suggested that I've seen something in Jack Ross that he might have been a Celtic manager in the future. Um, maybe overplaying it a wee bit to be fair. Has he, has he got that? I, I, I was speaking to a Sky Sports reporter and I asked the question, if he had, 
in the future, I'm not asking him to re- replace Neil Lennon. Um, don't get me wrong. In the future, has he got what it takes to develop into someone of that stature? And the Sky Sports reporter didn't think he did. He thought he was a very accomplished uh, coach in his own right. But he didn't think he had what it took to take it to the next level. And I think that's something that you need to obviously at a club like Celtic. But I do rate him. I'd rate him highly. And I rate his assistant highly as well, John Potter. Um, now, Football Prime Ginger, uh, how are you? I'm very well and I appreciate that I might have a message uh, on social media from you. What I would say is, uh, not being the big I am here, there's quite a few messages coming through as a result of these bulletins, so I'm working through them and I will get back to everybody individually. I've got a wee list of books that I need to send out as well uh, and I will do that, absolutely no problem. I'll try and get through them all this week. So, uh, Silky Skills 85 wants to see McGregor, Turnbull and Christie as the midfield three. Brown was good for Hibs, but two games a week might be too much for him nowadays. It will eventually get uh, the better of him, I think, won't it, playing two games a week? But again, interestingly, Neil Lennon brought up the fact that um, he's got all the stats. and We are a stats-driven industry in football, aren't we? Some people think too much, so... Um, I think there's pros and cons. I think you need them. You need to use them. Um, but you don't, you know, you don't put everything on the stats, do you? Uh, some people might, might disagree with that. Uh, Alan Morrison, um, has been contributing to a Celtic state of mind under normal circumstances in any case in relation to stats. And I, I do find them intriguing. I find the stats intriguing. For example, last season, um, Maritz Boyer, who has agreed to speak to Celtic State of Mind, so um, I look forward to that interview when it happens, was very good defensively playing fullback. Uh, I, I know that a lot of Celtic fans didn't rate him very highly. A lot of the pundits in the Axom group uh, didn't like Bauer um, or Boyer. I think uh, Colin Watt, one of our pundits, wasn't a fan, didn't think much of him. But the stats said that he was a good defender. The stats probably say that um, Gary Taylor's a good defender. And stats probably also say that Frimpong is not, but then Frimpong has got other um, assets to his game um, that uh, outweigh them. So should Brown start on Thursday night? I think I would start him. I think he is the linchpin. He is the linchpin of that team. And it's one of these games, isn't it? Uh, They're coming thick and fast. And it's a must win. We need to win that one-off game to get through um, into the Europa League group stages. We would much rather have been in the Champions League, of course. But uh, we are where we are and it is exciting now to find out if we get through who we will be facing in the group stages. David Crines would go Barkas. Uh, Duffy, Beaton and Ayer. Interesting how after a couple of games, Beaton is the man that would be picked for most teams, I think, at uh, centre-half because... Julien may well still be injured. I think he probably will miss the game on Thursday night. But uh, even if he was fit, would Beaton keep him out? Probably. It might be a risk to throw Julien, the £7 million man, back straight into the team. You've then got El, El Hamid, um, who is very assured at the back, very cool. He's good at going forward as well, isn't he, El Hamid? But uh, he wouldn't displace Beaton at the moment either. So Duffy, Beaton, Beaton and Ayer with Taylor and uh, Frimpong, either side. Uh, Brown, McGregor, Turnbull, Eddie. Uh, 
El Yunusi Impact subs being Christy, Clamala and, and Cham. It does show you the depth of the squad that we've got now, where people are, are picking a team with Christy and, and Cham on the bench, doesn't it? Two quality, quality players to have on the bench. And we will have a strong bench, That that's so important. We don't have the, the option of nine uh, on Thursday night so it'll be interesting to see uh, there's going to be a striker on there. there there's got to be a striker on there um, I think Eduard will start again going on the speculation Lenny didn't uh, entertain any of the suggestions that Eduard's on his way out we know how modern football works we know how the pandemic has affected the finances of every single club um, globally and Celtic are no different to that but you know I don't think Celtic will sell on the cheap and I don't think any club would be prepared at this moment in time to pay what Edward is worth therefore it could well be that Neil Lennon is simply resting him from time to time so he was rested against Livy and the intention was that he would be rested uh, for a period against Hibs and that, that happened until Yeti was forced off injured and it may well be that he's just resting them for the big European games because they're, they're massive aren't they for us to get to qualify for the group stages so an interesting lineup three five two seems to be the preferred um, formation also and from Facebook we have Barkas, Ayer, Duffy, Beaton Brown, McGregor, Turnbull, Frimpong Taylor, El Yunusi and Edward that's a strong side uh, Turnbull in for for Christy. So there's a query then, because we've had a few people saying that Turnbull should start. Did he do enough? It was a, a very impressive cameo performance against Hibs. Did he do enough to displace Christy though? There's the thing. Christy's been playing week in, week out, and that would be the question. Now, um, Kaplan Mark, do you think streamlining of the squad is required? I think um, this season uh, it will be to a degree streamlined. I think we'll probably streamlined it a wee bit by getting uh, rid of the likes of the aforementioned Simunovic and Johnny Hayes. I mean, they're two players, and by the way, I'm not saying we were wrong to get rid of them. I just think under normal circumstances, we would have probably kept them. Uh, Simunovic, we had another option of a year on Simunovic's contract, didn't we? And I did mention him at the top of the show. Um, a move to his uh, native country and Kayeka has collapsed due to his injury record. I think under normal normal circumstances we probably would have kept a hold of him and Johnny Hayes uh, but obviously we're now short uh, at left back. I think we're well covered at centre half and I'm hoping that we don't move on any of our centre halves but uh, all the speculation has been around Ayer hasn't it? So further streamlining of the squads there's a few players that I guess that we could move on and it would be streamlining players like Ralston who doesn't seem to be part of the manager's plans. There's a few others, you know, Kundai Benyu, we've mentioned him a few times, I think. A move is on the cards for him and maybe some of the younger guys out on loan but we would need to keep some of them um, because it's a long, hard season with five competitions to play for. Ah, the big one would be yeah, young Dembele. What do we do with young Dembele? Because um, there has been there has been a transfer request spoken about uh, from the youngster. He's not getting enough first team football. He's looking over his shoulder at players who were way further back in the pecking order for a first team slot, and they're maybe moving on and making a lot more money than he is at Celtic. 
uh, on a professional contract at Celtic, first team squad player at the beginning of the season. And some of the the youth players are moving on for bigger money. He's maybe looking at that and um, he's maybe looking at his options. It'll be interesting. I would much rather see him staying at Celtic. I've got to be honest with you. I think when you put that amount of work into a player, you want to see the fruits of that labour, don't you? And um, on both parts, you want to see him developing as well. And I think it would be good for his development. Maybe not as good for his bank balance, but it would be good for his development to continue uh, with Celtic. And it just shows you as well that uh, a couple of injuries and there's an opportunity there for a player like Frimpong uh, to come in and shine. And, you know, Dembele was there or thereabouts. Uh, James J. Forrest gets injured and then you're looking for maybe backup then. Uh, but unfortunately, Dembele's out of the, the top 20 at the moment, isn't he? He's not even on the bench. So I think we will see some streamlining. I think we'll see some loan deals for some of the younger players. Um, but I also believe that we still need to bring in a left-back. And I've mentioned a couple of names already at the top of the show. Alfie Dotti from Charlton Athletic. Um, as far as I know, the last bid that we made was 650k. Um, there has been a Charlton uh, takeover there. And they've brought in from Norwich, um, they've signed uh, Akin Famendo or Fameno. And I think that... That may look as though Dotty is on his way out. Will we pay a million quid to bring him in as backup? He would be backup, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be a first choice at the moment. Uh, but we've also seen Casper Hoyer uh, mentioned £1.5 million. So I reckon we'll bring in a left back. I don't think we will sell uh, a striker. I don't think we'll sell a centre half. But we might sell one of our midfield players because we have an embarrassment of riches in the midfield. And if we need to sell... And let's be honest, we might have to sell uh, just to ensure that we get, not so that we get through the next few months, but obviously we will have to fill in the black hole of the next few months without fans in the stadium and the match day revenue that that brings in for a club like Celtic um, when you're you know, selling 50-odd thousand tickets for a home game. Uh, now, Raymond Hand- Haddon, nice football yesterday with a bit of swagger. I heard Stubbsy talking about that during the commentary, actually, that Celtic were playing with a bit of swagger. I love that terminology, you know, playing with a bit of confidence, eh? uh, a bit of panache, and none more so than Bruni. I think uh, every season, every single season, he gets the same stick, doesn't he? His legs are gone. What do you think about the stats then? Um, people are making a career out of uh, coming in with the numbers, coming in with the numbers and telling us that uh, Bruni's finished and actually disagreeing with Neil Lennon who came out and said that the stats suggest that he's doing his job the way that he wants them to do. He's 35 years of age, isn't he, Bruni? Um, and there, there seems to be a lot of gas left in the tank. Every year he gets written off and every year he proves the doubters wrong. Is he going to prove them again? Now, Stephen Forbes, you're commenting via YouTube and we are increasing the subscriber base on YouTube on a daily basis. It's great to see. We want as many people subscribing as possible on there. All the content that Celtic State of Mind has done and will do is free. Uh, we will be selling things like uh, published books by the likes of David Potter and Tom Campbell that will help um, the operation, but we're selling a quality product. We're not uh, charging you for the content. We're selling a quality product that's going to be available very soon. Uh, designers working on the final touches of the front cover. So, um, yes, 
with two ludicrous handball rule interpretations benefiting our rivals yesterday. Alongside similar talking points in the EPL, I fear Celtic could be on the wrong end of such a decision in the derby. I fear that just about every single game, Stephen, to be honest with you. I just think there's such a, an inconsistency when it comes to things like that. I mean, Celtic were um, brilliant against Hibs, but you know there was there was still a few decisions in there, and we went on about them during the actual game. You know, decisions from the referee that bemused us. There was a few that that sprang to mind. One on Ayer, where he was basically taken out. Uh, the ref played the advantage rule, which was fine. But then he didn't bring the, the decision back. He didn't penalise the player. It was a, a, a particularly bad tackle on Chris Ayer. Um, there was a similar one. There was a similar one on Frimpong, wasn't there, where the, the guy's full weight went down on the ankle. Frimpong Lawrence made the good good point that, you know, the referee might not have seen the extent of the, the actual stamp, but it was definitely a fill. You know, it was definitely a fill. You could see that. And uh, the ref was only about 10, 15 yards away from it. So, yeah, it does concern me, Stephen. I've got to say that. And I think the margins are going to be so fine at times that it could sometimes come down to some of the poor decisions that we've seen already this season. Uh, Pat, welcome back to the show, Pat. You're commenting on YouTube. I can see your avatar there. You're sitting in the Celtic Park dugout. When will we be back at Celtic Park? Uh, it makes you wonder. Probably not this year. Scary, isn't it? The the uh, the months are flying past. We're almost into October. And it doesn't look as though we're going to be back in Celtic Park until maybe March next year. Um, the dear green paradise and Pat says great to see Griffiths on the bench hope he gets minutes soon well the way I was looking at Griffiths and Rogic uh, particularly after uh, Rogic's move fell through was that they're two guys that we can call upon they're not first picks they're not first picks that might change you know you've seen how someone like Turnbull has staked his claim into the Celtic side so much so that quite a few of you are picking him for Thursday night um, but we've seen other players like that as well. El Yunusi's starting to make himself a first pick. And, um, you know, Frimpong, who was out of the side, is beginning to be a first pick as well. So you just never know. It all comes down to uh, injuries, suspensions, loss of form. If they'll get a chance, I don't think they will be on the bench um, on Thursday night. I think there's players who will be ahead of them on Thursday but at some stage this season hopefully they'll be ready when we need to, to call on them Colin Watt now Colin will be uh, joining me on the bulletin on Wednesday and he'll also be joining me for the game against St Johnson on Sunday Colin says great performance by Celtic and Axon yesterday well thank you very much Colin because I did have um, two of my regulars Lawrence and Kevin Graham joined me in the studio. Uh, that was the 90 minutes we've been waiting from Brown all season. I think you're right. Turnbull was excellent. Yes, his vision is second to none. Hope a Yeti isn't out for too long. Listen, the Yeti thing was a blow, wasn't it? On an otherwise um, excellent day of football for Celtic. And I think that, you know, I'm very interested to see this partnership because a Yeti's coming in. He's scoring a goal every 47 minutes a while. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Whatever it might be, one of the statos might tell me different, domestically at least. And you're just, you know, it's mouth-watering uh, as to what the partnership might look like with him and Eduard firing on all cylinders. Um, one of the ones where we hark back to the Eddie and Dembele partnership that could have been that French connection. It would have been brilliant to see Edward and Dembele, wouldn't it? Uh, developing together in the hoops. It wasn't to be. And I want to see Edward developing with a Yetis coming five million quid from West Ham. He looks the real deal. He really, really looks the real deal. I mean, that goal, that goal at the weekend, El Yunusi, the footwork, incredible. Uh, break of the ball, a Yeti, the, the finish was brilliant. He got injured in the, in the process, which is unfortunate. Neil Lennon says he'll be out for a couple of weeks, might miss the Rangers game. Um, still on the subject of the Rangers game, Chris M, Stephen Forbes. It was always going to be the case that officials can influence Sevco's cause with as much subtlety as possible. Expected bureaucracy to do the same. Let's hope it doesn't come out down to that, but I think we're all uh, long enough in the tooth to realise that um, it does exist in Scottish football. And on Sunday, the performance was good enough, wasn't it? That even with bad uh, refereeing decisions, we came through it. But there are going to be other occasions you know, you think about the Dundee United game, the margins were so slim in that game, weren't they? And the refereeing performance was so poor. And you just think there was a, an occasion where there was a penalty claim up at uh, for Celtic. Had it been another box, you're wondering what would have happened. You know, that is my biggest fear. Now, Scott McGee, 88, do you think we could offer Jozo another contract to keep him as backup if we're sticking with the three? I think that ship sailed. Personally, uh, been interesting to hear what everybody else thinks, but my opinion is that that ship has sailed, and I think what's helped the cause is Beaton. Beaton has come in, and he's absolutely bossed it in a couple of games. I mean, even going back to Livy when he came on, he was cool as a cucumber. He started um, against Riga. He was, other than Frimpong, the best player on the pitch for me. And then against Hibs, he was just cool and composed and sometimes that's what we need. Duffy wasn't at his best, surprisingly enough, against Hibs. No writing him off, he just wasn't at his best against Hibs. Um, so yeah, it's always good to have backup, but I think we've got El Hamid, we've got Julien coming back um, and I just think Jozo, unfortunately, you know, he's going to be plagued. He's going to be plagued um, with injuries and that's very unfortunate because we had some great moments with Big Jozo, didn't we? Now, uh, William Kennedy via YouTube. Remember, everybody get subscribing on YouTube. Can Celtic get to December the 31st without another left-back with Gutman loan spell ending? Plus, would he still need a work permit? I don't think we can afford to do that, William. I really don't think we can afford to do that. We need another left-back just for the old uh, the cover. You know, because what happened... You know, what happens if Greg Taylor gets injured? That That's another wee fear of mine because he came in well and um, he came in for a lot of criticism. But uh, at this moment in time, we have no one else to play there. He's playing, okay. He's playing well at the moment. Uh, loss of form, injury, we need somebody to push him and we need somebody for backup. So I don't think we can afford to get out of this transfer window without getting another left back in. And you know what, I, although I would like another winger, um, I do think that with Forrest coming back from NJ, we, 
um, Mikey Johnson coming back from injury. And we do have some other options out left, although I wouldn't like to play El Yunusi out there. He can play there, and it's the same with Christie. So we're well covered on the left. We've got Forrest, we've got Frimpong on the right. Um, Dembele would have been an option out there as well, but he's not in the picture at the moment. Can we get through this transfer window and keep the kid happy, get him back into the play? I'd much rather that. I'd much rather we did with um, Dembele, what we've already done with Griffiths and, and Rogic, two guys who are so far out the picture, we've got them back in. They can offer something, they can contribute. I think Dembele could do that as well. It's important for his own development. There's a guy who could be getting more European experience, who could be getting the games. I don't think we'll be playing weak sides um, in the League Cup or in any tournament, but you know, you could get games. We've got a lot of games coming up. So I don't think we'll try and risk that, to be honest with you, William. Um, and there's a couple of, there's a couple of left backs being mentioned. I'm pretty sure that um, Dotti, Alfie Dotti is a preferred left back, but uh, just recently we've had Casper Hoyer. Uh, mentioned as well, he's a £1.5 million target from Aarhus, Danish internationalist. Now, on the night of the transfer window closing, we're going to be doing a live broadcast that will be an extended one. We'll keep it going. We'll be reacting to, to rumours. We'll be getting people in the studio to talk about um, everything as it happens. So get involved in that as well. I'm pretty sure it'll be an entertaining night, especially if we don't sign anybody. Right. Um, Chris M., Kevin's ruined himself in 2011 after declaring Rangers champions with six months of the season left. We all know how that ended. Well, there were a few comments actually when I interviewed him um, about Rangers that probably haven't aged well for him. Um, I never liked to focus on Rangers on the podcast, so they were edited out, to be honest with you, but um, they were gushing in their praise for Gerard. And since we did that a couple of years ago, he's never won a thing. So they probably haven't aged well for Mr. Kevin's, who agreed through someone else on Twitter to come back on Axon, but I don't know, to be honest, what I would achieve by speaking to Hugh Kevens on a Celtic State of Mind again. Now, um, Chris Sutherland, Turnbull will be Celtic's best midfielder by Christmas. The signs were good, weren't they, Chris? I was very impressed, really, really impressed with the kid coming in. You know, you're looking at uh, the injury that he had and his fight back from injury. You just wanted him to get back playing football again. For Motherwell, initially, get him back. He was a real talent for Scottish football. And, you know, to see him doing it for Celtic is brilliant. It really is. So, so happy for him. Um, and he looks as though he is going to be a, a right good player for Celtic. And this is why I think if we do sell anybody, it's going to be in the midfield department. And I'm not saying, I'm not jumping on the same bandwagon as some of these pseudo-journalists uh, by suggesting that we are going to sell anyone. But if we do, that's a position, isn't it, that we're well covered in. And Turnbull's coming in, you know, you've got Encham on the bench, who's a class act. You've got Rogic coming back into the fray. We're very much covered in that department. Free speech for the dumb. Uh, welcome back. You do get involved in the bulletin regularly, so it's always welcome to see Hugh Keevan's grasp onto relevance by causing controversy. He does. Um, it's all he's got. Knows nothing about football, just how to st start up. You know this, the frustration for me is I think he, he knows plenty about football. That's my frustration. I think he knows plenty about football. Um, and then off tape, lovely guy and all that, you find that about a lot of journalists 
Um, you, you find also that there's a persona uh, that's reserved for whatever their show is or whatever the pantomime villain is that they're playing. But that that's their choice. That's how they do it. I, I don't seek myself. I'm not calling myself a journalist anyway, but I don't seek to uh, court controversy on this show. Um, we'll speak about the, the matters at hand. We'll voice opinions. We will often um, give you information that's been given to us uh, with the blessing of the source to, to share it. That's what we'll do. But I just, I think there's people out there and, you know, this hasn't just coincided with the death or the near death of the print media um, on, in which people like Hugh Kevins obviously uh, were a part for, for years and years. It's been there, isn't it? It's been there to, to court this controversy. And, and, you know, we see it a lot, even with a lot of the Celtic outlets. Let's not uh, beat around the bush. There's clickbait outlets out there. And for anyone who doesn't know how they work, because a Celtic state of mind, we're going out live we're going out live five days a week. We do the bulletin. We cover the games, every game so far this season. And we'll be covering every game. Uh, sometimes you don't know where it's going to be actually uh, screened until a day or two beforehand. But we will be covering every game. And when we cover the games, we do three uh, match day uh, analysis reaction uh, podcasts as well. We do it all live. But what we don't try and do is we don't try and, and jump on this clickbait bandwagon. We're trying to give out content that you appreciate and that you can engage with. Now the clickbait game, I think it's almost up. I think it's almost up. I'm not naming any of the sites. You'll know what they are. But basically they are looking to produce as many stories as they possibly can which then filter into social media they filter into Celtic News Now they filter into News Now and people click on them. The minute you click on them a company will be charged uh, for sponsorship and the ad revenue, which goes through massive media companies, can be quite lucrative if you get the numbers. So basically a lot of these sites are producing 10 stories a day and the you know amalgamated writing that's involved in these 10 stories a day it's probably a couple of thousand words. You go in, there's an article that's a couple of paragraphs, even if you can call it an article. The headline bears no resemblance to the story. Um, a lot of it's mischief making, but they're, they're doing it because they need to get the clicks to make X amount a day so that every month they can make a living because a lot of them are making a living out of it. And some, some of them are making a very good living out of it. So Axom will never go down that route, uh, but we're talking about some of the people in the media being mischief makers, there's plenty out there in the world of Celtic as well. So, um, you know, tread with care when you, you click on these uh, websites because you are, you are paying, you you are allowing um, sponsors to pay them. And a lot of the time, the content's no great. The ads ruin the experience of you visiting the website. A Celtic State of Mind's got an advert at the top there from our main sponsor who you know, through the sponsorship that allows us to put this out free. I don't think it's very imposing and hopefully it doesn't affect your experience of the bulletin. Um, now, moving on. Brian McLean, 19. Kevin tries so hard to sound impartial, he sounds anti-Celtic. There's a lot of them out there that sound anti-Celtic. Um, there really are. And John McVeigh is saying that Turnbull reminds him of Paul Lambert. Well, Paul Lambert, remember Lambert's um, move from Motherwell to Borussia Dortmund. It was an incredible move for him. And I think that when he was over there, he developed 
so so well into the player that we then seen um, as captain of Celtic and there's a guy there in Paul Lambert who maximised he completely maximised his ability and fair play to him for that what I find interesting about Lambert is the file on Lambert as a signing target you know that that's something that um, the origins of that file was uh, during the time of Tommy Burns so Tommy Burns obviously scouted him and um, we signed him after Tommy had left as manager. So I'm not saying he was a Tommy Burns signing, but obviously the origins the origins of that move was during the time of Tommy, who obviously liked him um, when he was playing for Borussia Dortmund. If Turnbull can uh, be as influential as Paul Lambert was at Celtic, I think we'll all be happy, John. Now we've got Bromsgrove Boy. Welcome back. Scottish Cup semi versus Dons Sunday, November the 1st. Kick-off 2.30 on Premier Sports. Well, we will be here covering that game as well. Um, that's obviously the semi from last season. For someone so young, says Chris M on YouTube, Turnbull is very measured in his play. Christie is very energetic with some unnecessary bluster. Yeah, there is a bit of that. What I like about Christie, what I like about Christie is his ability to win the ball back, especially when he's lost it himself. Um, he is quite tenacious in that respect, and I do like that. Um, Chris Sutherland, he looks class just the way he hits the ball. Amazing. There's a lot of love coming in for Turnbull, isn't there? And we've got Scott McGee, 88. Kevens is a wind-up merchant, and he's very good at it. I don't know how people still bite. Well, again, we're talking about him. So sometimes I think what happens is, you know, we do speak about um, a lot of what happens in the press um, and I think we're right to do so you know you're looking at some of the comments for example from Chris Commons and you shake your head you shake your head because the Chris Commons I remember probably pre-Ronnie Dyler to be fair was a guy who in modern day had you know we'd taken up our hearts him and his family had taken Celtic to their hearts and then as a pundit it's just constantly criticising Celtic constantly criticising Celtic going on about how much of a bore fest the Riga game was you know your article's a bore fest Chris you're writing for the Daily Mail the Daily Mail, I mean come on um, will you take your, your shekels from anyone yeah, if you're writing for the Daily Mail you know, that's, that's on a level with the sun in many ways um, so when you're looking at a lot of these criticisms that are coming in, it's to maintain their own relevance and the very fact that we're talking about them, I don't mind talking about them and criticising them, um, but it shows that that is working, that whole process. Kerdo, 67, was very impressed with uh, Turnbull yesterday. Just a breath of fresh air with a vision and forward passing and not scared to hit a shot. I think, you know, he's going to force his way in, isn't he, Turnbull? He's not going to be content sitting on that bench. But you look at the bench, you look at the quality that we had on that bench and that is a great sign that that squad is going to see us through. It's going to see us through this season. Chris M, we all saw this coming. Celtic rubbish, no matter what. Can't have the establishment club and not stop the 10. Well, you know, the games will not be won and lost in the press. They've tried it time and time again. We're, we're used to, I'm just wondering, what's the big story going to be before the Rangers game? You know, it's going to happen, isn't it? Some kind of unrest. Somebody unhappy. You know, one of our star players. There's going to be a story. There always is. And it will come out before the Rangers game. Um, you mark my words, it happens all the time. But again, I think Neil Lennon's got the measure of that. Neil Lennon, no other man 
in that Celtic uh, park at this moment in time has been more derided than Neil Lennon by the Scottish press, by the Scottish media. And he knows how it works. And of course, it gets to people. I mean, if someone was to uh, single you, any you out, or single me out for, for criticism, it's not nice. It can get to you. They're still human beings. It can get to them. And it's Celtic's job and it's Neil Lennon's job to, to protect the players from that. Uh, Lenny's suffered more than anybody else in recent times, hasn't he? So um, it can get to them, but I think Lenny's got the measure of them. I, I really do. Colin Watt, Chris Commons comes across like he is a bee in his bonnet about his time at Celtic with his agenda, but yet the press turned to him time and time again as a Celtic expert. That's that's right, Colin. They'll go to Chris Commons because they know they'll get a soundbite, and often, and more so uh, than not, it's a negative one. So they'll go to Chris, and Chris sticks the boot in. You know, and he takes his shekels from the Daily Mail. And that that's what they do. Um, and I've no respect for people that, that do that because it is an agenda. This is the thing. A Celtic state of mind doesn't have an agenda. We are a Celtic outlet. We're going out live and interactive to allow Celtic fans to get involved. We're not a phone-in. Um, but, you know, we are a, a method of allowing Celtic supporters to have their say. And we're bringing pundits. Today I don't have one. Um, but tomorrow I will and Wednesday I will and if you want to be a pundit um, let us know and we'll get you in the studio and we're all social distanced and we're, we're obviously um, we're sanitised and all the equipment is as well as well as me um, so you can come in and you can share in this experience and throwing your tuppence worth but uh, Colin you're absolutely right and Stevie Ray Stephen Ray um, has his own podcast The Celtic Ray so get that listened to as well and support independent Celtic media. Is it any surprise that Celtic had their best performance against a team who came to play football instead of parking the bus? I think you're right. You're spot on. And what happens is you give you give a bit of credit to Hibs, don't you? You give a bit of credit to them because they've tried to play. But it's also a warning sign to the other clubs that this is what happens if you come and try and play against um you come and try and play against Celtic at their own game. It's like, you know, Celtic going out and trying to play Barcelona at their game. Had that happened, um, you end up getting a tanking. And that's what's going to happen. If you come to Celtic Park and try and play against Celtic, we're going to, we're going to have a few scalps of anybody that tries to do that. Colin Watt, Justice for the 96. Absolutely. One of the best interviews, the most enjoyable, the most important interviews we've ever done on a Celtic State of Mind was with Professor Phil Scraton who wrote Hill's Brother Truth. So two things for you, two recommendations. Read the book, which is more important than the interview that I did with him, but read his book. It is astonishing, absolutely astonishing. And then listen to the interview if you haven't already done so, um, because the guy is unbelievable. And, you know, he refused the knighthood. He refused the knighthood. How good is that? The, he didn't want to be a member of the British Empire. Uh, John Barnes did. He did want to be a member of the British Empire, but Professor Phil Scraton did not. And good on you, Phil Scraton. And if you're listening, um, I'd love to speak to you again. Great interview. Uh, spend, I think, about an hour or maybe more than an hour with such a great man. Uh, John McVeigh. Frimpong must be first choice over Forrest from now on. Well, here's one for you, John. Do you play Forrest on the left? I mean, there's, um, there is a suggestion that we might still be in for someone who can play out there. 
I mean, the balance that would give us if you had the, the player out on the left doing similar to what Frimpong is doing on the right. And again, I've mentioned Paddy Roberts, but I mentioned Tom Roger and Lee Griffiths long enough and eventually they got back on the bench. Nothing to do with me. Um, but obviously, Paddy Roberts could do that job. But I think um, James E. Forrest could do that job as well. It would be very difficult as uh, influential um, as James Forrest is it would certainly be very difficult to drop Frimpong at the moment, wouldn't it? You wouldn't drop him after those two performances and if he keeps him up. Scott Forbes. You're 51, Scott. You're doing well for 51, pal. Can't remember ever seeing balance criticism in Scottish football. Um, well, this is a thing. As long as it's balanced, we can deal with criticism, can't we? We can deal with criticism. I think Chris Sutton does it well. I think he criticises Celtic, but he does it in a balanced way. Joe Porter would love to see Rogic make a comeback. I think the comeback's on, Joe. I think the comeback is on. We've got a lot of fixtures coming in thick and fast. And uh, Tommy Rogic was nowhere. We thought he was on his way. Um, He was on his way for four million quid or something along those lines. Um, The deal broke down. And then we realised that, you know, he was better than an empty jersey. He's a guy who, if we can get up to a level of fitness, he might come in and make a contribution. So I would love to see him making a comeback. Um, Brian McLean, 19, what's Chris Common's angle? He's up there with the worst. Colin Watt said he's got a beanie's bonnet. I think he does. I think Chris Common was um, an excellent player for Celtic. Um, he had his moments under Ronnie Dyla, but they were... Uh, not as frequent as they had been under Neil Lennon. He was a, he was an excellent signing for Neil Lennon. Let's you know, let's not forget that three hundred grand we paid for him from Derby, and he had done so well for us in Neil Lennon's first spell. He was such an important part of that team, wasn't he? And then you know he was one of the old guard. He was one of the the um, seasoned pros, the experienced professionals who didn't seem to. It's not that he didn't fit in with Ronnie Dyla. He didn't buy in to Ronnie Dyla, did he? He didn't buy in to Ronnie Dyla. Um, and Charlie Mulgrew didn't buy into him either. And there was some others. And, you know, Mulgrew was out, out the door. We couldn't seem to get Chris Commons out the door, but he never played again. Never ever played under Brendan Rodgers. I mean, the final appearance was in the, the charity game. Was it the... The Larson's uh, Legends against Lubos Heroes. No, Henrik's Heroes against Lubos Legends. And um, he got his wee farewell that day. That says it all as far as I'm concerned. And he's never kicked a ball again. Uh, he's got a bee in his bonnet, hasn't he? He definitely has a bee in his bonnet. And he's uh, given Celtic a kick whenever he can. Come on, Chris. Come on to the show. Don't know where you're based, but we're in Dalkeith. You're welcome in. Talk to the Celtic fans. Um, talk to the Celtic fans that paid your wages for a few years and idolised you for a few years. And uh, we can have a wee talk about Scottish football and Celtic, if you wish. Uh, that's an open invitation, Chris. So, Chris M, you can tell out of the ex-players, turn journalists, those who are hacks and those more rational and balanced. You're absolutely spot on with that. Um, and again, Celtic are not beyond criticism. I just think it needs to be balanced, doesn't it? We don't want, I certainly don't want a big host of ex-players that are scared in case they they don't get in on the old hospitality circuit at Celtic Park and they don't want to lose a blazer. So they just, uh, 
you know, they become cheerleaders, don't they? And there's plenty of them um, around Ibrox way, plenty of cheerleaders. Um, I don't want that at Celtic. What I want is I want balanced views, be that from journalists who have absolutely no connection to the club or those who do have a connection. I mean, Chris Sutton. I use him as an example again. I've got a lot of respect for Chris Sutton. Um, I think John Hartson uh, gives Celtic stick when necessary, but he's balanced. And these guys are Celtic men. I know that I know that for a fact that they're Celtic men. I've spoken to them loads off camera and off stage, and they are Celtic people, but they are also professionals and they're very, very good at their job. And there's two of um of many. Uh, Michael Stewart, I rate highly. Obviously he's got no connection to Celtic whatsoever, but I find that he's very balanced. He's very balanced in his views. He's um he's someone that I like listening to a lot. I remember when Stephen Thompson came into the journalist game, I thought he was good. Um, I think in time, I've got less and less time for him. But I did I did like him when he first came in into the scene. Uh, but now he's just completely diluted and he's lost, he's lost his way a wee bit, isn't he? Uh, Colin Watt uh, says that Stephen Ray is spot on. We're very much a counter-attack inside. Third goal yesterday, first goal at home to Livy. Player best when we're at speed and attacking. There's a few players in that team, Colin, that I think are at their best when it's not laboured, when it's instinctive. Uh, Frimpon being a class example of that, when he's playing on instinctive, boys, untouchable. Joe Porter, anyone wanting to use child abuse as a means to score football points is the dung of the earth here, here. Uh, we've had a few coming on to the bulletin and uh, thankfully... I'm in control of the questions coming up and as soon as I see anybody moving into that territory, they're blocked. Uh, you then have the the bulletin going on to YouTube and then people have an opportunity to comment uh, once it's sitting on YouTube and you get a lot of uh, these comments on there as well. We try and block them as much as possible, Joe. If any of the regulars finds any that uh, I might miss because I'm en engulfed in a, a debate with someone in the studio or, or I'm working through your comments, please let me know. Just tag them in. Tell me grass them up, I don't mind, I'd much rather they were blocked from the page, this isn't a page to give them a platform um, Chris M you don't need it Paul you have the access to the heartbeat and the lifeblood of the club, the fans, you're absolutely correct Chris, um, I think what I wanted to try and do is uh, get access so that we could then we could use it, we could use it on the bulletin, we could discuss it on the bulletin and uh, we certainly wouldn't be, wouldn't be charging for it um, Mark, sorry, Kaplan Mark says brilliant content, keep it coming we will be, uh, there's loads of other shows actually that, that are in the works I mean the, the bulletin, that's a staple, the match day is a staple, uh, we still hope uh, to go back to interviewing uh, people uh, A Celtic State of Mind was built on interview, the interview rather the big interview and we've interviewed some fascinating people in the world of Celtic over the last three and a bit years and we'll still do that We'll still do that and we'll throw that out there as well. I mean, some of the recent ones have been great, haven't they? From the, the Jobs and Brothers, John and Michael, they were brilliant interviews, really, really enjoyed them. But we're working on a whole host of other shows as well, Celtic-related and non-Celtic-related. But the Celtic-related ones, we want to appeal to a wider audience. We want to appeal to more females. Um, we want to get more... Uh, girls and women involved in a Celtic state of mind. Uh, we want to get you uh, in here presenting. We want to get you in here as as a pundit. So get in touch and we can arrange it. We would much rather you were here in person rather than doing the Zoom thing because, again, I could have a whole host of people on the other end of the screen on the Zoom and, you know, you're really at the mercy of their 
um, Wi-Fi. I, I mean, even this morning looking at uh, Sky Sports, catching up on Sky Sports, and they're zooming in, and, and the Wi-Fi is breaking down. I see it on some of the other big outlets, and you know, I, I want to avoid that. I know that if I do it from the studio, it will be the best quality possible, and we will certainly keep it coming. If you've got a concept, if you've got an idea for a podcast or a broadcast, you think it's going to work. You know, get involved. I'm speaking tonight to a Scottish League club and if that goes well, we will be producing their official podcast that will be going out under a state of mind. We're all about doing more and more broadcasts and podcasts, Celtic related and otherwise. The reason this went out a wee bit later today than the 12.30 is because we had a new podcast in that took a wee while longer than we expected. Nothing to do with football. So, we're, we're always expanding. We're always expanding on the shows, live shows, pre-recorded shows, TV pilots. Um, we've got loads and loads of talent out there. If you want to come in and work on some of the videos, let me know and we can get you in. We can get you experience. We can learn from you and vice versa. Now, here's a good question from Brian McLean. Is Julian injured? He's injured now. Certainly injured just now. I would like to know if he's injured for Thursday night as well. John McVeigh, I believe if Frimpong had been on from the start against Ferenc Varos, we would still be in the Champions League. He did make an impact, didn't he, John, when he came on against Ferenc Varos? And he's a player who last season, you know, particularly when he was an unknown quantity, he ran riot didn't he? He ran riot. Then there was a there was um, a few different elements to him losing a bit of form, I think. He was singled out and kicked all over the park, uh, mainly by domestic clubs. They doubled up on him and um, maybe he didn't have that instinctive play for a while where he was maybe playing a slightly different game to suit the team. Um, but I, I just think back to that that game, the League Cup final, you know, and, and we talk about uh, how Foster uh, won us that. And in many ways he did. I know that Julian scored the winning goal. Uh, we Frimpong was sent off, wasn't he, that day? And um, he was brilliant. He was the outball. He was the outball all day long. Uh, El Yanusi, unfit, started, should never have started, had to get taken off. And in that game, you know, it was a wee bit bittersweet for him because he was sent off. But, you know, Fraser Foster had the game of his life. But we Frimpong was brilliant as well. Um, we'll run for another few minutes and I'll, I'll go through some more of your, your points because I love getting you involved. Um, I love getting you involved in the in the bulletins. And there's plenty, there are plenty of you involved here. Um Here's one from Chaz Buggin. Uh, Buggin? Buckin. Appreciate that we need them for TV revenue, etc., but always hated that phrase. And I think you're probably talking to the old from phrase. It's uh, only one of three possible Glasgow derbies. Yeah, you're right. Um, what about Queen's Park? What about Queen's Park? I'm watching them with interest. I'm watching them with a lot of interest. I think there's been quite a lot of changes at Queen's Park. Um, in the not-too-distant uh, past, isn't there? When you look at the fact that they're no longer playing at Hamden, they're playing at Lesser Hamden, they're, they're now a professional club. Uh, Lord William Hockey is involved in there. And you look at how far could a club like Queen's Park go as well. I'll be watching that one with interest. I think that there is ambition in there. I think there's a lot of ambition. Um, so... What we've got there is Chaz Buckin asking about us needing uh, the other half, the other half of the Glasgow Derby, the other half being Rangers. 
I think we proved we don't we certainly don't need them. I think Celtic can stand alone. I think when there was no club playing out at Ibrox, um, playing in the top division in Scottish football, Celtic didn't need them. We certainly didn't need them to survive. But the the big thing that uh, happens in Scottish football, of course, is that uh, any kind of TV deal, any kind of sponsorship deal, um, is based on the rivalry of Celtic and Rangers. Of course it is, and we all know that. And I'm a big uh, believer that Celtic's long-term future, if we can look beyond this pandemic, which is affecting our everyday lives, if we can look beyond that, I think Celtic's long-term future is not going to be um, playing domestic football in Scotland. That's what I believe. And I think that... um, when you're talking to Peter Lowell, and I've never interviewed him officially on a Celtic state of mind, I would like to do that as well. I know that he gave someone else an interview before. Um, he's welcome. He's welcome in here, as is Chris Commons. Don't think I'd get them on the same show. Um, I think that he has ambitions outside of Scottish football, and I think um, he said that to me once when I spoke to him. And Dermot Desmond also has suggested recently, I don't know, um, how likely it will be that Celtic play their football in England. But um, there are going to be other options. There certainly are going to be other options. You look at this pandemic, you know, not to put a damper on the end of the show, you do look at the pandemic and you ask yourself how many of the clubs in Scotland will survive. Um, simple, In simple terms, there could be casualties. And then you look at uh, the whole setup and everything is possible then. Everything is possible. Um, so there you have it. Now, what I would like to do is I, I would like to thank you all for getting involved. It's incredible sometimes when I go solo, but it allows me to engage a lot more with you guys. Is there anything we haven't we haven't gone over? I don't think so. Uh, we're looking forward to the Sarajevo game on Thursday night, and I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about it again before Thursday. I will be back tomorrow at 12.30, where I'll be joined by Lawrence Conley. On Wednesday, I'll be joined by Colin Watt, and on Thursday, Stevie Mullen. You want to come on Friday? Anybody want to join me on Friday at 12.30? Give me a shout and we'll see what we can do. All that's left for me to say is please subscribe to us on YouTube and thank you again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203.
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iheartresults.com for more sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.